Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Wow, really? Watching this is what you should be doing <laughs> Yeah Instead of doing what and you're doing Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors I'm Bo Matthews That is Mark Cox with a really cool shirt on Mark, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Bo Great to, great to be here today I've been a little worried in the last week um, I want to know about your uh, doctor's appointment last week Because you had to get out of here so quick when we were doing the show oh, That's no. true And I just no. I had to go visit him again yesterday So, uh, so you know, I've, I've seen Dr. Green quite a bit recently But things, things are going well So what is the he's, ailment? He, he's told that joke three times on his morning show I have golfer's elbow, uh, but I can still, <laughs> but I can still putt. So you know, I'm I'm in good shape. I'll meet Thank you at Swing Around Fun Town. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, good to see you. And uh, Carl is here, and uh, we have a. We have, you know, crazy stuff that we talk about, you know, the rash of shootings that are going on in Chicago and St. Louis and every major city, and it's frightening. And we also have this weird thing that's happened, and I don't know if it's just people that are wanting to get outside and do something different because of the quarantine we've been on um, and, and are not experienced. I don't know, but the drownings are frightening. It, it has been just a rash of them recently, and you know some of it seems to get back to common sense, and then you wonder how, you'll look at some of them and say, how did this happen? Yeah. How did somebody let this happen? But we're happy to have uh, Chief Greg Brown with us this morning from the Eureka Fire Protection District, and we want to talk to him more about the uh, uh, this rash of drownings we've seen. First of all, Chief, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fine, man. You're you're a great American. It's good to get you on here on Second Amendment Radio. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and it's uh, certainly to be uh, uh, certainly an honor to be on the radio with two media icons. Oh boy, oh boy, one of them for sure, and Mark. But uh, I will tell you this, Mark. This man here on the phone. Uh huh. Exposed me to what? burnt he ends. Exposed what? Burnt oh. ends for oh. the first time oh, in my yeah. life. Okay, and, it's life changing. Uh, I'm. So, I know. <laughs> now I need to talk to him about tri tip. But no, on a serious note, though, Chief, uh, and you've been Chief out in Eureka for how long? Twenty five years. Uh, and and his career goes well beyond that. Um, is this an anomaly? Why why are we seeing the drownings? And this is for the whole area, Creevecore Lake. I mean, there's other areas outside your jurisdiction. Places where you wouldn't think people would drown. Creevecore Lake. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even believe it. You're not but supposed to be swimming in. There. What do you what do you what do you think it is? Because the rivers aren't really running fast, are they? No, they're not. They're not running exceptionally fast or exceptionally high. And it's 
you know, it, it is all over the metro area. Um, you know, in the metro area just this year already, uh, we've seen 11 drownings, and nine of them have been since May the 1st. And, you know, just as a comparison, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen, you know, average for the entire year, you know, 12, 13, 14, uh, you know, in that kind of an area. So the the numbers have really jumped up, and it's, uh, it's very alarming. And uh, within the public safety community, there is a sense of urgency as to what's going on in our waterways right now. And, uh, you know, people are out. They're wanting to enjoy the waterways. And, you know, part of what we see is, uh, especially in the rivers, but in all the waterways, you know, they, they look calm. They look peaceful. It's cool. But certainly underneath that, that cool, calm-looking uh, waterway, there, there can be other issues going on. So people have to be extremely careful in what they're doing. And, you know, one of the common denominators in a lot of these drownings is people aren't wearing life jackets. And those personal flotation devices are extremely important, especially if you're somebody who doesn't know how to swim or if you're a weak swimmer. Yeah. You know, even if you even if you're walking into a river and you think, Oh, I'm okay, I can touch the bottom as you walk your way out and you get up, you know, waist deep and that current gets stronger if you're not a strong swimmer or even if you are a pretty strong swimmer, that current will start pushing on you. And if you're not a strong swimmer, you're in immediately bad trouble. But if you're a strong swimmer, you're going to say, well, you know, I'm going to try to swim back. I'm going to try to make it there. Well, sometimes that situation continues to get worse as you're trying to get up rivers. You know, Chief, we, we see it everywhere. It's obviously not just here. We hear these horrible stories all the time of people being caught in riptides and all that stuff where even people who are strong swimmers can't always survive those incidents. I think back to that situation in Castlewood uh, a few years back, gosh, probably been at least at least ten or twelve years where the I believe four children drowned four. the same day, uh, and that was right. awful. And you know the thing about the like the 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 rivers, particularly the bottoms are changing all the time. There there are big drop offs where you don't expect them. Uh, why anybody and all those are well marked. There are signs at every one of those entrances to those rivers danger don't swim here uh and and where you are allowed to swim wear a life jacket and people just don't take it seriously absolutely they they think it's going to be okay i'm just going to wade in a little bit but like you said the bottoms of those rivers are constantly changing uh you know they wade out a little bit and then all of a sudden you know the bottom drops off or there's snags underneath the rivers and you know and and just in that split second all of a sudden you're in trouble and it's not like, you know, you see on TV on the movies where somebody's, you know, thrashing about and screaming when you're in trouble. And, you know, if you've taken on a bunch of water, you're not able to scream and it may just be real quick. You know, you, you bob up once and that's it. And if nobody sees you, 
you're in trouble. Yeah, Chief, I, I did watch the press conference you guys did uh, earlier in the week, and I was impressed by uh, hearing that factoid about people want to, if they get in trouble, they want to swim back to where they started, when actually they would have a better chance if they swam with the current to try to get over to the shore, if I'm reading that right. I believe that the life jacket thing, people don't want to be you know bulky cool. in the water. It's not cool. There's also drinking involved. So the reason I wanted to do this segment was to talk to those people that are thinking, hey, I'm going to go out to the river this weekend and go floating, which sounds amazing, but it just can catch you off guard so quickly, you don't even know what to do. But here's the thing. If you're an irresponsible swimmer, you get into a situation, you're putting other people at danger, like the first responders that hopefully can show up if they can find you, you know, in in that quick of an instance. Or your friends that try to save you. Absolutely. It could turn into that. So are you guys constantly uh, training? Uh, Is there new things that are happening for the first responders that are doing the river rescues? You know, we, we are constantly training. Uh, with our folks uh, every year, a couple of times a year, uh, we get our people out on the river. Plus, you know, just as a matter of routine, you know, the, the things you can do on dry land, the, you know, throwing uh, throwing rescue buoys, we practice that because that may be the only shot we got from time to time, especially when you're dealing with moving water. Uh, you know, our best option may be if we think somebody went in at a particular spot that we try to get ahead of them and try to catch them before they go under, as well as putting boats in the water and start moving towards them, uh, you know, to try to get ahead of them. So we're continually training our folks in different uh, uh, different ways to uh, to get there. And, it, and it's a big deal when we get a call for a rescue on the on the river. We're sending multiple boats. We're sending multiple fire trucks, ambulances. Uh, we get get a hold of the Metro Air Support which are our law enforcement partners, get them out there, and we conduct a search to try to get there. But, and so that's a lot of resources, a lot of people that are tied up. And uh, as you said, too, you know, your friends that are there that are going to try to help you, putting them at risk. Yeah. And if you get a properly fitted personal flotation device and wear it when you're out on the river, it's going to hold you up, even if something happens. Even if you're not a strong swimmer, if you hit your head, it's going to hold you up in the water. If you've had too much to drink and maybe you're out of sorts a little bit, it's going to hold you up. And then that'll make it easier for somebody to help you or potentially you can help yourself. But well, if you don't have that on and something bad happens, that's when... The drowning tap. Chief Greg Brown from the Eureka Fire Protection District. Uh, thank you for the great advice. Hopefully, people will uh, will pay attention. And I heard Bo say a minute ago that you'd introduced him to burnt tips. Maybe the next time we have Chief Brown on, uh, he's given us some restaurant reviews from the Eureka area. <laughs> no, well, absolutely. Or next time he fires his grill up, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look for that we, invitation. We can work on that, and we'll get together, guys. Okay, Chief. Always, uh, always great to have you on. And uh, the, Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you all. Be safe, sir. Second Amendment Radio Thank and the Great you. Outdoors is brought to you. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. They are your gun concierge on Manchester Road in De Pere, a half mile east of 270. Look them up on RazorbackArmory.com. When you go in, introduce yourself and say, yeah, Bo sent me in to Razorback Armory. We've got Virginia Cruda coming up, uh, and she's got some uh, perspective, could you call it? perspective got very good perspective very good perspective yeah, on the uh, gun control efforts by the biden administration we'll be right back
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Radio in the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews, along with Mark Cox, Carl Middleman, our producer, our executive producer. And yep. this segment is brought to you by Chuck's Boots in Fenton and St. Peter's. And if you've not been in there in a long time, a hundred thousand pairs of boots. And uh, good news is you get that waft of leather smell when you walk in there. That's one bonus. You can also shop online at chucksboots.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, we're honored right now to have a Virginia in here with us this morning. And uh, for for a whole lot of reasons, but not the least of which is you, you bought us food. <laughs> Pastries well, even. see, this is the first time Virginia. Virginia has been a guest on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors for many, many a year, but this is the first time in fifteen months that you've been in studio. Yes, I think the last time I was in studio was actually February mm-hmm. of wow. twenty twenty, maybe, yeah. and that was um, I was uh, Tim Jones. I was <laughs> with Tim Jones. Um, Things are getting back to normal. Yeah. Th- that's a good thing. So we're we're yeah. thrilled to have you in here. Seriously. So do you own a bakery or do you work at a bakery? The family. My, my husband's family owns Crudas ah. Bakery in Collinsville. They had their, um, just before the pandemic, thankfully, 2019 was 100 years. They had a big street party and, and all that. And they're actually building on to the bakery right now. So them. there's um, they're adding on uh, an eat-in portion, which they've never had like before. Like a dine-in so. kind of deal? Yeah. yeah. I grew up in yeah. a donut shop, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, they, the original bakery was in East St. Louis, and then they moved out to Collinsville in the 1970s. Well, and, uh, all, yeah. all is delicious. Thank you yep. for uh, bringing it no, in. Bo couldn't even read his script because of that donut <laughs> that's sitting on top of it. I don't care about no script. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> well, one reason we wanted uh, to bring Virginia in today was this conversation that the President of the United States started this week talking about... Mm-hmm supposedly fighting crime, right? Right. But it was sort of a meandering uh, news conference where ultimately he he started defining for you what the Second Amendment was really all about. Well, the tree of liberty is not water in the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. So so the tree of liberty is not watered with patriots. It's watered with tyrants. <laughs> Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. That's what it sounds like to me. What he basically said was, if, you know, you, you, the Second Amendment's not about 
protecting yourself from the government because we've got F-15s and nuclear weapons. We'll just we'll just nuke you if you decide that you don't <laughs> like the federal government. That's what I took away from that. Was well, that wrong? Isn't that what Eric Swalwell said a couple of years ago that got him into so much trouble that he was talking about nuking people who disagreed with him on the? But I, I think that the mistake that a lot of people make is that, yeah, that's the hyperbolic argument. Yes, if you wanted to take on the government, you would need F-15s, nuclear weapons, etc. But you have to understand what situation we would be in already if the government was prepared to use F-15s and nuclear weapons against you. (laughs) The reality is that what you're going to be facing is things like unlawful search and seizure, things like those are the first things that they come after you with. They're going to come into your house and make sure that you're not, you know, guilty of wrong think or whatever it is whatever the crime is they're going to come into your house and search your house without your permission which they can't do yet and it's going to be a lot harder if you're armed yes so those are the things that the the actual fighting back against the government or a tyrannical government is going to start on a much smaller scale and you're going to be talking about your local government coming in and making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do and not you know you know, veering off the path, and that's who you're going to be defending yourself against first. But it would be a bigger effort than what we saw on January 6th, if it were, if, if you imagine what that looks like. Uh-huh. So that was not an insurrection. That was, Am I wrong? No, okay. it, was not an, it was not an attempted coup of the United States government. Exactly. Well, and, and the president kind of defeated his own argument. He's been out there telling everybody there was a you know an armed insurrection against the U.S. Well, first of all, nobody was armed except maybe with a flagpole or something like that. It's not that there were no assaults, but the point is it was not an armed coup no, attempt. No. But what he's telling you is if you're going to do a coup attempt, you better bring the F-15s and the nuclear weapons. It was just... <laughs> It was just poorly worded. It wasn't logical. It made it didn't right. further his argument at all for trying to stop criminal violence in this country. Instead, he went on the attack against red-blooded Americans who believe in their right to keep and bear arms. It was just not well right. done. Now, now I would say this: I, on on January sixth, I think where where we diverge is that I would say there were people who thought they were about to perpetrate an insurrection. There were people there who believed that that's what they were doing. There are crazy people in our yes, country. Yeah. exactly. But that doesn't mean that it was successful. And that doesn't mean... I, honestly, if that many people had converged on the Capitol armed with the goal of insurrection, I think that January 6th would have been a lot bloodier than it was. True. Because... It, hundreds of thousands of people is what right, you're talking about, right? right? Yeah. Because there are the, the number of people... So the number of people who were actually intent on committing an insurrection is very small compared to the number of people who were yeah. there. <laughs> I, I, and again, you you, 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 you term that right. We would, we would disagree on that because I'm still not convinced even those who intended to cause trouble ever thought they were there to take over anything. I, I think they were there to cause trouble. Sure. I think they were there to stir the pot because they didn't bring any weapons. If, if you intended right. to go in there and create havoc, then you would have 
you would have you would have gone there with something other than you know uh, bear spray or something. They, they just they didn't <laughs> yeah. they didn't do that. Look what they were able to do in Portland and Seattle sure. without with, heavy with firearms. Right. Right? right? I yeah. mean, it, right. it's just. I massive think that's people. what they were looking. Yeah. They were looking at that as an example and saying, well, if they and, can do it, we can do it, right, and we can right. disrupt this and maybe turn things around. When when I say that I think they were intent on committing insurrection, I don't think that I. You know, they were there to kill everybody and take over. I think that their goal was to cause enough of havoc that it reversed the de- that somebody would reverse the decision. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Not uh, not a a bloody insurrection where they kill a bunch of people, but more of a we're going to kind of unmake the election and, and go yeah, back. you know, and I'll I'll point this out because I am uh, the new co-host of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, <laughs> but the originator and, 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 of the show. Yeah, yeah but there, there may be people that have not heard um, uh, my show and have not heard me on here before. I was the only member of the media from St. Louis who was in in DC right. on mm-hmm. January sixth. I witnessed what happened there. Mm-hmm. There were I don't know what the crowd estimate is officially because I don't know if they ever even do that anymore. I estimated there were a quarter of a million people there easily. A lot of them were down at the Ellipse listening to the president that day. Right. The initial break-in at the Capitol and the problems happened 30 minutes before the president got done speaking. What the president said that they had nothing to do with what happened at the Capitol building. He didn't start it. He didn't encourage it. He told people to patriotically and peacefully protest. Um, It's all part of the big lie that they've spread there. I was... 60 yards maybe from the from the front of the capitol building there on the back side when the tear gas started getting fired well we're downhill from it on a grade you can't see what's going on up there we were all baffled because we showed up to hear a speech right. and nobody was there right i mean we we showed up for a rally that's why all the people gathered on the lawn. We thought there was going to be a rally with speakers talking about what was going on. None of that happened. Instead, we were duped into becoming part of the witness crowd to right. to the agitators who decided they were going to cause problems that day. So I just I, I just think it's important to say, for the people that yeah. were there. We know the truth about what happened. It wasn't an insurrection. It wasn't an attempted coup. Um, it it. it it should. It's an embarrassment. It should never have happened. I think a few True. people got caught up in the moment and happened to already be up there, and they walked into this not really knowing what they were getting into. Herd mentality, Mark. It was yeah. stupid. Yeah. And I hope that they that they should be prosecuted for it. But it can, they you have to call it what it what it truly is. That's gotten us off the subject a little bit. The president was speaking about crime prevention, yeah. but instead he's talking about you how to know, take over the government. He's well, he's talking about. <laughs> Rogue, rogue gun dealers, right? So you don't. They're, they're, these are people that are allegedly making straw purchases to sell guns to somebody else, uh, or people who aren't doing background checks. And I don't think there are any FFL holders in this country. Any company that wants to stay to open, that. they wouldn't well, do that, right? And and the point I made while this while all this was going on was that everything that he's calling for getting rid of is already illegal. And if he would just enforce the laws that are on the books, we wouldn't have to add any more to correct the problems he thinks he's addressing. Right. And it, I mean, it's that simple that it, it was already illegal that it, to sell a, a straw purchases are already illegal. Not having a background check from a from a licensed dealer 
already illegal. Oh, so you're saying enforce laws? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now I get it. It's a lot harder enforce when you vilified the police. Laws. No, and I understand that. And I'm, I'm, well, I don't know why, but uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, the mayor of Chicago, is now pleading for help. Uh, I don't know if you heard that soundbite. <laughs> She's in trouble. She, uh, you know, the, the crime, over 50 shot last weekend in Chicago as of this recording. And now she wants help. See, to me, I think it was all by design. This is just me thinking mm-hmm. out loud. Defund the police, dismantle their power to help enforce law and order. Right. And now we need the national the National Guard. We need a federal, you know, policing of what's going on because it's got to stop. But at this point, it doesn't look like anybody cares. Well, right. It's kind of just like what they did with uh, with healthcare. You know, if you if you create a situation where all of the private businesses go, uh, private insurance companies go out of business because they can't. Now, oh well, magic. We'll just bring in single payer because yes. that's the response. It's the same thing. If you get rid of the local ability to combat mm. an issue, the issue will explode. And then you can say, well, here's the federal government, and magically the government keeps growing. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the great points I heard yesterday, Lori Lightfoot's a good example of it. She's now asking for help. Donald Trump offered her help, and she told him she didn't want basically his jackbooted thugs right. coming into Chicago to help. <laughs> right. Now it's a different shoes on the other foot. Joe Biden's in office. Now she wants him in. One of her primary complaints is that all of these guns that are flooding into Chicago are all coming from Indiana. And I think Tucker Carlson's asked the question, a few other people, well, those guns, how come those guns didn't jump up and shoot somebody in Indiana before they got to, to Chicago? What, what do you think? What is the disconnect here? Why, why, why do they try to make these arguments that just make no sense about the what's causing the guns aren't causing the crime? No. Right. And it, it's it's like we've said, if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. If law abiding gun owners were the problem in this country, you would know because there are what? 150 million guns in this country and that's a low estimate mm-hmm. legally purchased firearms maybe 150 a lot million. of them get stolen then, a lot right. of them get stolen and and you know get moved into the inner city right. right and so so it's to to address this as if it's a problem with legal gun owners it's just and, and I, I don't get it. Can we say this? If you if you defund the police, well, citizens have to defend themselves, uh-huh. and this is a way that we can do that. And that's what we talk about on this show all the time. If you, but if you if you de, if you defund the police and you take away the right to defend yourself, then what do you have? You, you know, have the purge. What's What's interesting is that um, they're talking about how minority gun ownership has spiked. So you see a lot of first-time black gun owners, legal. first-time Hispanic gun owners, all legal. Yep. And uh, they were talking about this on The View earlier this week, and Sonny Hostin. Wait a minute. What, what were you doing watching The View? Yeah, I no have kidding. to. I have to for work. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so Sonny Hostin that was talking about- That sentence has never been said before. No, no. She's, she says that, um, well, Republicans are going to come out for gun control. Watch. Because- because because black uh, black people in this country are buying guns, <laughs> and, and I'm like, she's thing. like, well, you know, they came out. Look how fast Reagan came out for gun control after after the Black Panthers. I'm like, they were standing outside polling places and intimidating voters. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between what they were doing with the guns and what first time gun owners are doing now. You know, they're they're talking about 
you know, do I have to learn how to defend my family? And I'm going to take a class and I'm going to learn how to use this firearm I just bought. To me, that's a responsible gun owner. Black Panther, not so much. Yeah. No, it's 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 intent. I mean, the, yeah. the, the Second Amendment is colorblind. It, it doesn't say anything exactly. about that. <laughs> it says exactly. if you're a citizen of this country, you have a right to keep and bear arms. Plain and simple. It, it's it just, um, you know, Joe Biden has told us when he got elected what he was going to do, right? He was going to appoint Beto O'Rourke, which never happened. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Beto is, but he's continuing down that path of vilifying the NRA and any organization yeah. that stands up for your right to, to keep uh, and bear arms. They, now they classify every shooting, if it's more than two people, as a mass shooting. Have you picked up on that? I didn't. I didn't hear that. We, well, were, no, we were talking they, about that. The I'm other just day. saying. I've. I've. That's my commentary. I've noticed that. They'll. The, the mainstream media will go on now and tell you there were 253 mass shootings in America, but they don't tell you that a bunch of those were gang violence, right. gang, gang on gang violence. Um, uh, some of them were domestic situations where a total of three people were killed, including the gunman who. You know, in, in the in that mm-hmm. selfish act, took out a couple of people in themselves. They lump all those into this category of mass shootings, and they try to use it as an argument for gun control. And and it what we what you need is mental health control uh, and crime control. Yep. We are See, all looking oh. as humans. We're all looking for structure, and we're going to get it somehow. Uh, documentary that uh, Lee Habib did. You know the name Lee Habib. I do. Uh, our our American stories. Uh, it's the streets where my father is the name of this documentary. You've got to get it. You've got to spread it around because I woke up actually this morning thinking about, you know, if, if, well, and it's what he said, if, if you don't discipline your children as they are coming up, you don't train them, you don't discipline them, the world will. Mm -hmm. And it, it could be a gang that trains them and gets them the formation or the the structure they need. So we got to put it on ourselves. Uh, Parents that if you are not, you know, raising your children, disciplining them and that kind of thing. It's going to be your fault if they go by the wayside and create havoc in our world. It's a scary place, and and it's happening in our inner cities all over this country. Enough said? Yeah, pretty much. CNN says on their website that a mass shooting is injured or dead, not including the shooter, four or more. See, we had that the other day, but if if the narrative is two or more, I mean, that's... And is it one person shooting? Is it is or is oh. it more than one shooter? Because that would be gang violence, which is right. It's just so sad. The, the, as as someone pointed out the other day, the White House didn't issue a single statement about the the Puerto Rican couple that got dragged from their car oh. and shot in the streets in Chicago because it didn't that. fit their narrative. I saw right? that raw footage. It, it was it's just so disturbing. Well, Virginia Cruda, thank you. We'll look forward to uh, to having you on again in the future, and you can look forward in to person bringing us and bringing food. us more food. Yes. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. You know, you're always welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you Anytime. can find her at daily at dailycaller dot com um, at va cruda on Twitter at dailycaller. We've got. All kinds of good stuff. Outstanding. Virginia Cruda, thank you very much. More to come on the Second Amendment Radio, the great outdoors. I'm Mark Cox. That's Bo Matthews. We'll be back in just a minute. Radio in the Great Outdoors. Uh, Mark Cox in here along with the Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. And, you know, uh, for a long time, my son was a member of Team Hinges. Really? Trap shooting. 
uh, team uh, out at uh, the uh, Jay Hinges Shooting Range and Outdoor Education Center out there off 44 and Antire. And uh, we're happy to have uh, Terry Bartholomew on the phone with us this morning, the manager of the range and the Outdoor Education Center. Terry, welcome into the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Great to have you on. I'm, I'm assuming uh, Team Hinges is still going strong out there. They're trap shooting, huh? They certainly are. They're about to wrap up their season, but uh, they've had a great year. Well, good. They they usually do, and I know I know they're a big feeder of of uh, great shooters for the Lindenwood Trap Shooting Team, which takes national honors all the time. So it's quite an accomplishment and a feather in your hat. Well, thank you very much. They're they're a dedicated bunch. They're a great group to work with. They sure are. How long was your son uh, part of the team? I think he was there for three years. Oh, my. uh, When he was uh, still in high school. And uh, they won a number of uh, national. They went to Sparta to the big uh, trap shooting competition over there. And uh, they, they, they had a really good team when he was there. So well, a couple of uh, – at least one that went to Olympic trials, I think. Is he still a fan of shooting sports? Oh, he is, Oh, yes. good, good. Yeah. Well, Terry, um, talk, talk to us about the, uh, the ranges that you have available um, and what can be done out there because I always preach learn how to clean your gun like it's second nature, like you could do it blindfolded, be familiar <laughs> with it, that kind of thing. Tell us what you offer at these, uh, these locations you have. Well, we have a brand new uh, pistol and rifle range that was rebuilt and uh, it's back in operation. We were down for a short time there and we're back up again and we have we can handle pistols and rifle long rifles and muzzle loaders uh, anywhere from seven and a half yards out to a hundred yards. We have a archery field with uh, static archery as well as 3D archery. We have a pattern board for shotgun patterning for like turkey hunters. And then we also have trap fields. We have three trap fields. And on one of the more popular events we have is what we call five stand. And on Wednesday, we have five stand as well as with Friday. And that becomes very popular very quickly. And we run that in the summertime until September 1st. I'm sure. So for people who aren't familiar maybe with uh, with some of that lingo when it comes to trap shooting, explain five stand. Because if you're going out there to practice your skills, on, on the, clearly on the pistol and rifle range, you're, you're practicing on a, on a static target at different distances. The great thing about the five stand is you can kind of get a realistic feel for certain kinds of uh, game birds that you uh, that you might be hunting with a shotgun, correct? That's correct. Uh, a five stand, what it is, Jim Napoli and Steve Mannion uh, help us run those on Wednesdays and Fridays, and they kind of take control of all of that. And what it does is it gives you a variety. That's one of the things that happens here is we change the course up every week. So if you come this week, next week will be different. Okay. And that's what the trap shooters and the five stand shooters love is that it's not the same thing every time they come out. But basically what happens is you'll have uh, a high, a low sometimes. You'll have it crossing from left to right or right to left. Uh, then you'll also have rabbits that bounce off the ground as they come through. And then you also have some that instead of going away from you like conventional trap, we have some that come in from the front to come to you. Oh, and they, Yeah, and that's very challenging. And then on some you'll have doubles. So you may have one in the air and you may have one bouncing across the ground. It just depends on how we have that week set up. And Jim and Steve both make that very uh, appealing to 
to shooters because they never know exactly what's going to be from one week to the next. <laughs> you know, earlier this year, uh, Terry, I, I I was at a trap shooting event and they had the ones that were hitting the ground. You know, the the runners or whatever they call them. And I'm I'm not a big trap guy, but I love doing it. I love trying it. But you know what? I just realized, Mark. Now I understand why Elmer Fudd was so mad all the time because they are hard to hit. <laughs> they it, are. It, it, that what you're talking about there, and I've been I've been to I've shot a lot of sporting clays too. That is the most humbling station at any sporting clay event is the one where it's bouncing across the ground. Right, absolutely. you have to try to shoot it. Yeah, those are called. We call those rabbits. <laughs> so I, I, I have to tell you a, a, a story. Uh, remember the Mandrell sisters, Barbara Mandrell. Sure, you know sure. the name. Yeah, uh, great entertainers. They, the whole, all the girls were great trap shooters. They take a guy who's also a singer, Gary Morris, out, who's excellent, right? And they had these non-destructible. Uh, clays that they were throwing in the mix. It was making him so mad. I don't know if you've ever pulled a, a prank like that, Terry, but uh, it's, it's certainly make Elmer Fudd mad. I know that. Well, it, it certainly can be a humbling experience about the time that you think you got it figured out. Uh, we haven't used any of the non-breakables, but that, you've given me an idea here. Yeah, okay, no kidding. <laughs> well, everybody. yeah, I, I know Jim Napoli. He was around when my son was on Team Hinges, so please give him uh, give him our best. Uh, I will. Terry, t- I will. tell us a little bit more about your educational programs and all that that you run out there, uh, because I've, I've sat in on at least one of those uh, through the years. Uh, fantastic. you got a great education center out there at Hinges where people can sign up. How do these work? I'll give you an address here in a moment, but just to give you an example, all the courses are free. Ours are designed around basically hunting and shooting sports. So, like, we offer a class uh, coming up here in June 29th, as an example. We have a beginning archery program. And that beginning archery program is for exactly that. It's for beginners, nine and up. And we provide the arrows. We provide the bows. And better yet, we provide the instruction. We're in a really safe environment where we have multiple instructors uh, at one time so that everybody is practicing, following safe guidelines on what they need to do. We also, on July 5th, we have our one of our more popular programs, and that is a handgun class for the beginner. And on the 5th, that one is designed for women only. Wow. Okay. So we, so we have, uh, it it's, fills up very quickly. And we start them off with a small caliber, like a 22 revolver or, or an automatic. And then we work our way up into size of caliber, so that way they can see what they're comfortable with. And they don't have to go to to a large caliber. They can say, I, I'm, I'm good at this caliber, whatever mm-hmm. that is. But it gives them an opportunity to see what they can handle and what they like. And we do have a lot of groups that come in and, and utilize this program. So we talked a minute ago about five stand. We ex- actually have an introduction to five stand class in July, July 13th. So that's coming up as well. Beginning trap, uh, a lot of archery classes. And then for those dove hunters that, um, uh, if you've ever done any dove hunting, you know how humbling that can be. <laughs> yeah. we, we do have a hunt, a dove hunt, basically a um, warm up, if you will. It's going to be in August. But all of these, all of these programs are free. Like I said, we provide the equipment of what you need. You don't have to bring anything. You can bring your own if you want, but advise the instructor and leave it in the car first. Wow. 
so we make sure it's done. So, Terry, and, can do you like include a guarantee that if I take your dove hunting class, I'll actually hit a few of them next time? I guarantee you'll get to shoot if you see birds. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, it, I, could, it could be tough. I do love the Missouri Department of Conservation for everything from the magazine you guys put out to everything that we hear about you guys doing. Um, and this is another aspect in this great state, the state of Missouri, that if you are a new gun owner or you want to be a new gun owner, you've got to have it down pat. It has to be second nature to you um, because there's nothing more dangerous than somebody that has a gun legally and doesn't know how to use it. So uh, take this right. uh, take this gentleman up and let, let us know right now uh, where people can get the actual details. So hopefully people have a pen and a piece of paper or back it up on the Odyssey app. Uh, but where can we get the information to get people physically out there to, to learn these things? Sure. The website is probably the easiest source, and that's MDC, like Missouri Department of Conservation, .mo.gov. And if you're looking for the range, you can put us in the Jay Hinges facility, or you can put in the Bush Wildlife facility. They have a range as well. And under the programs that I talked about, that's just a forward slash after the MDC.mo.gov and put in events, E-V-E-N-T-S. And it's under, under events, and you're going to have some options there. You can put it in by region. You can put it in by program. You can put it in by county. So you have other programs besides ours, like Powder Valley also offers nature type of programs. And those are all listed in there. Well, And the sign-up sign up is on there as well. The, to, to Bo's point, it's, it's safety first. It's always been that way at Hinges. I was so impressed you know, you, you when you're when you're dealing with a trap shooting team, you got kids, you got young kids who are out there shooting, right? It's safety first. That's the first thing the coaches preach before the kid ever gets out on the range. Uh, at the pistol and rifle range, I can also tell you, uh, you guys run that place with military precision. I, I appreciate it. It's the the safety measures are outstanding, and you, you make people stick to the rules, and I think that's fantastic, Terry. Well, I appreciate that because that is paramount for us, safety first. And, uh, you know, we're here to help as much as we can as well, but it is safety first. And and I'll, I'll tell you, we've got great gun ranges that are businesses in our area, and, and we encourage that. You mentioned uh, HVAC, <laughs> having air conditioning in those uh, for the different gun ranges <laughs> yeah, around here is, is a benefit. <laughs> but uh, to get real-world and safe uh, experiences, this is absolutely a great path to go down. So, Terry, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, we appreciate that, Terry. Take care. Terry Bartholomew, uh, manager at Jay Hinge's shooting range out there uh, on uh, uh, just off Antire Road in 44. You can find it easily enough. So that that's great stuff. G- good to get him on here. Yeah, last time I was at a gun range was the Little Indian Creek shooting range out near Sullivan area. Uh-huh. And I was with a vendor that has you know the equipment and everything. It was an amazing experience. No HVAC, no heat and air conditioning, <laughs> no, no, no. but it was. Yeah, but that's it, not real world. It was, but it yeah, was. A, it was yeah. a great experience. Yeah, but you don't have to sweat quite as much. That <laughs> yeah. is it. That is good stuff. Well, listen, thanks for spending some time with us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, Bo. Mark, thank you so much, Absolutely. and uh, have a great week. And uh, we'll talk next. Are, do you have another appointment with Doctor Green? I do not. Oh, not no, dang not it. this time. But thank you for asking. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. We'll see you uh, next weekend. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.